Hello, everybody. It's a first here on the No Breaking Podcast. We're taking it on the road, most likely into a car park, thanks to the Los Angeles Zoo uh, for allowing us to be in their car park while I talk to Mr. Marketing, Daniel Boyer from Vanderhall Motorworks. Daniel. Happy to be here. It's, uh, it is a unique location to have a conversation about our vehicle, but uh, when you're towing a almost 50-foot trailer, there's not a lot of other opportunities to stop. So. Yeah, so where should we start? Should we start with Vanderhall or should we start with the trailer? Which one do you want to start with first? You know, uh, probably just Vanderhall. The trailer is uh, not something that we actually sell, so <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So tell me, um, for people that have been listening to the podcast, they know I've spoken about obviously my time uh, with a couple of days with the Vanderhall Venice, but why don't you give us the backstory on how Vanderhall came about um, and maybe how you sort of came into the picture kind of thing. So Steve Hall, our founder and owner of Vanderhall, uh, he grew up always loving uh, anything to do with uh, motorsports uh, vehicles, owned a lot of different fun little vehicles himself, and uh, was dating uh, his future wife when his uh, future uncle-in-law took him for a spin in a 911. And it changed him. Um, he, he turned around from being kind of a Honda uh, Japanese uh, Toyota, you know, uh, Nissan, Nismo, all all things um, Asian style uh, vehicle motorsports. JDM, lover. maybe. You yes, want to call there it. you go. Thank you. Exactly, JDM. Uh, to holy cow, Porsche is the greatest thing on earth. Um, spent uh, his college years uh, whitey body in Porsches and okay. uh, doing a lot of fun things with uh, um, you know uh, Porsches in general. And uh, turned that into a business. Um, after having his uh, Highline Auto Sales business for a number of years, he went back to that desire to create. Okay. Um, and he actually uh, cordoned off half of his showroom to create a research and development uh, facility. So he went kind of all in. Yeah, I mean, that's for pretty much being the sales guy there. I mean, it's the idea of cutting back your sales floor 50%. It's kind of right, like a, big, right, a yeah. big step of sorts. Started building some things uh, here and there, and uh, slowly uh, that came to a head in about uh, 2015 with uh, his first uh, pre-production, Laguna, which in 2016 uh, we released. And uh, it's, you know, it's been a wild ride uh, ever since then. We now have... Um, uh, four different models that are currently uh, for sale for 2019 and um, and we have over 40 dealers throughout the United States and, and just starting into Europe. Sure. So uh, if I step, take another step back, so how did the design, do you know, can you explain a bit about how the design of the Vanderhall came? Because I've heard my story, but I just want to make sure the person that told me wasn't telling me any porky pies. Right. Well, so part of the design process uh, to make a three-wheel vehicle, uh, really what that came about was uh, Steve uh, imported uh, Noble uh, race cars, um, and the EPA promptly seized them. Okay, um, which isn't ideal. No, no, you, you'd you like to sell those vehicles, yeah. and, uh, and gave them, uh, branded them with a racing car only title, uh, and in the process of getting them back, he went through all the uh, regulatory uh, processes, you know, did a bunch of research uh, and really figured out in order to bring something to market, go through the, uh, go through the homologation process um, by staying in the three-wheel realm, which in the U.S. Technic- 
technically classifies you as a motorcycle, you are going to significantly decrease uh, some of the barriers to entry yeah, for, that, a, for a small automotive. I company. imagine it's kind of expensive as well to bring something to market. Significantly so. So as well as uh, creative license. I okay. mean, by, by staying in the three-wheel market, he's able to... Uh, really play with the body and the designs and you know you don't have uh, five mile an hour bumpers in the way you don't have crash test ratings that uh, and crumple zones that you need to necessarily uh, account for um, so you you have a blank canvas for sure so that was really what uh, that where the genesis of the idea came from and then uh, his original idea was a, a little single seater Okay. Uh, little fun little thing that uh, had a Rotax engine and uh, uh, spin around, and and he could uh, quite effectively flip that over in the parking lot. So sure. it was uh, perfect. Really, yes. no, lots of fun. Of those. Yeah. Yes, lots of fun. Um, and then spent five years, you know, playing around until he uh, settled on front wheel drive, uh, 70, 30, uh, 70 percent forward, thirty percent uh, uh, back uh, weight distribution. Um, with a 60-inch track, which has given us a very uh, competitive, uh, with automotive standpoint, uh, uh, tr- uh, traction and stability um, uh, status. I mean, the, the vehicle, you're taking up the twisties. So there's not a lot of other vehicles that can really uh, keep up with it in the off-camber twisties. It's just it's just phenomenal. It's got, no, it's got a lot of grip. It's an exceptional amount of grip since I've obviously tried it up there and the twist is going right to the speed limit, as you do. Uh, yes, the, the speed limit is uh, all what, we it's ever there for a reason. Yeah, was re- and fortunately there's uh, really quite high speed limits in Southern California in the twisties. Yeah, so just as you do, you go into the north, but it, it's got an incredible amount of grip. It always just seems to be able to pull you to the next corner, so to speak. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic and it's, it's you know, the center of gravity is right, uh, right there below the windshield, about nine inches off the ground, so a um, lot of lot of what you uh, would normally uh, feel in a four wheel vehicle, um, because you don't have that uh, fourth wheel in the back wagging your tail, uh, you get through the off camber term and you're already through it. You don't have anything wagging your butt, and so it's just whoa! I'm already through. I'm already done, and there's nothing there's nothing hanging out. And then so. If you could tell us a little bit about the four different models that you guys have got currently now. For sure. Yeah, so uh, we we have the Venice, which is um, our two-seater, uh, starts at twenty nine nine fifty, dollars uh, followed by any of the dealer install options that you want to uh, apply. Um, and then we just uh, are releasing to dealers now the its variant, the Venice Speedster, which is a single-seater at twenty six nine fifty. dollars uh, which will be uh, limited to approximately 250 units. We also have the uh, Carmel, which is the Venice's older brother, uh, a little more sophisticated with additional uh, space in the cabin, um, 200 horsepower, uh, 1.5 liter from General Motors, uh, as well as doors um, that enable a little more in, uh, assistance in uh, entry and egress. Uh, and then uh, provisions for a future accessory roof and provisions for um, accessory air conditioning. Um, and then uh, the Edison 2, which will be coming out in uh, uh, late first quarter as well, which is our uh, electric version. Um, uh, 34,950 has a range of around 200 miles uh, around the city and uh, is just an absolute blast to hammer that gas because of the instantaneous torque. Yeah, so what I was going to ask about that, obviously I'm going to be lucky enough to go out in the speed today, but 
with the technology going the way it is, it seems like electric is becoming a big player. The embrace by Vanderhoe to go to it like really very early, it would be, it would say, in the in the longevity of the company. It's a real exciting way to be going about and delving into that. Yeah, for us, it was a combination of uh, opportunity and uh, performance. So uh, Vanderhoe is not necessarily about kind of saving the world with our product in general. I mean, our our, our vehicle is not a, a daily driver. Uh, this is not conveyance well, you for could the masses. Well, you like to. It's just to be a unique daily driver, <laughs> yes, one might say. Yes, I, I guess, I guess. But for us, this is we are we are building uh, enjoyment. We are building uh, escape. So you may come home in your autonomous car, and you're going to go get in your Vanderhall. Um, but um, we had the opportunity to work with uh, Zero um, uh, uh, Vehicles and um, use their powertrain uh, to uh, power our product, and it has been a good relationship, uh, gave us a nice, uh, reliable setup that gives us that instantaneous uh, torque and performance. And for certain individuals, having something that is just plug-and-play, literally plug and then unplug and, and go play, um, the Edison 2 will just be phenomenal. And, and later in 2019, we sh- will be releasing its uh, the Carmel version of the Edison, the Edison 4, uh, which will be that wider, a uh, little more accommodations, uh, vehicle and uh, and again just you know hey this is our weekend warrior it's plugged in and ready to go boom go get out have fun spend you know tool around for 180 miles and go home plug it in again sure and then then what about how did your background how did you come to be part of the Vanderhall Motorworks family I met uh, Steve in uh, uh, at his uh, original building uh, and uh, just fell in love with the product. Uh, reached out to Steve and basically said, "Hey, don't buy it from me. I was uh, selling manufacturing supplies at the time. Uh, and while we're at it, um, who's doing your sales and marketing? Because I want to work for you." <laughs> so you were doing a great. You sold Steve on being a salesperson. Exactly. Very, very, very much so. And you know, it's been a, it's been a exceptional experience uh, from there forward uh, the opportunity to assist in the creative process of bringing something that is just so beautiful uh, to market has has just it's just been amazing it is it is so fun to watch him create uh, and then uh, provide input and, and and see something come to life yeah I mean obviously like I said I've had the chance to drive it I was able to drive it what I thought was probably it's aside from the twisties maybe but the best location for the car which was up and down Hollywood and Sunset Boulevard, it seemed to just fit in like totally normal there. <laughs> you, if you want attention, there's uh, there's no doubt that you're going to get attention. And uh, so yes, for sure, it is uh, spectacular. I mean, they're all named after uh, California uh, beach cities, coastal cities, mm-hmm. um, except for the Edison, which there is an Edison city in um, California, but um, it's just not quite it's, in the coast. Right? Yeah, it's not in the coast, which is probably a little bit more appropriate for the EV, anyways. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's that perception of where you want to be with the vehicle, uh, is, is kind of where their names, uh, came from. Um, and, uh, really there's, there's lots of other places that, uh, we'd like to, uh, maybe take them, but Steve and his family spent a lot of their vacations down in the coastal cities. Um, and so it just, it just really fit. And so these are uh, handmade, correct? Yes. And they're handmade in Provo, Provo, Utah. Utah. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, if it was maybe if it was like an Italian company, be, would there be a Carazera? Is that what they're called with the handmaking of them? Uh, yeah, for us, I, I mean, truly, there there aren't any 
machines. We don't have any robots yep. at all, period. Um, and so, you know, the, the closest we come to uh, some of the manufacturing processes of other um, vehicles is maybe some, some jigs for the, uh, the hoops okay. and the control arms. Um, but that's about it. Like when we weld the chassis together, it goes on a rotisserie, and our our uh, our chassis technology—it's a tab and slot aluminum welded chassis that then is uh, tagged and migged and uh, or, and put together—is um, um, it's just it creates a process that does not—I mean, front to back, there's less than a quarter inch of uh, variation uh, with no jig. That's really impressive, then. Yeah. So, how big is the Vanderhall family, and how many employees are, are working out there? So, we've got uh, just a little under fifty. Okay. Um, we're moving into a new facility here uh, in December that will probably enable us to to double that by the end of uh, next year or the following, just depending on uh, how our uh, acquisition of new dealers uh, goes. Uh, and that's for us the for us the the biggest uh, process that we need. Uh, to grow into where we want to come is acquiring the right dealers. Okay. And that's that truly is, I mean, a lot of people don't understand, you know, how hard that is, but finding a dealer that really understands the vision of Vanderhall, understands um, the product, and then will present the product with the appropriate uh, high-end fill, uh, timeless design, and, uh, and then service the customer after the sale, um, that's probably our biggest hurdle. It is. So how have you guys been able to like sort of overcome that or move forward? Obviously, with the expansion to Europe, it must be a, a driving force. You must be. Are you still working with all these customers then that bring them online? I, I'm not. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm focused on the marketing side. But uh, Jeff Whaley is our uh, vice president of operations and uh, dealer development. And he is um, he he comes from the background. He was a, a principal himself. Um, and so he understands where they're coming from. Um, and really, it's it's all about um, getting in front of individuals, seeing their operation, evaluating them, you know, for for the product, and then making making that decision on an individual basis. Uh, so you know, it's it's out, it's just boots on the on the ground, out in the field, you know, looking looking for the next dealer. And then, how many cars are you guys making a year then now? So uh, right now we don't in the old facility, I should yeah, say. Right, yeah. And this, would you still count your current facility? Correct, I say. correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we did just short of a thousand uh, last year, and still this year. I mean, this year, um, and uh, and we should be right around fifteen hundred next year, um, and with the capacity to to do more than that. But uh, probably again, we we just need to get uh, our distribution processes, our points of distribution. Uh, expanded and and we can expand to accommodate. And has there been any uh, differences in like, for example, that you have to do to the cars for the cars that you sell here in the U.S. Suppose the cars that you're looking to sell in Europe, or are they able to be going straight off the sort of essentially the same vehicle? Uh, there's some minor things uh, like we we needed to maintain amber uh, blinking lights uh, in course. the in the back, in the rear, and uh, in, in the front, um, and uh, a kind of like uh, GM has the driving lights in Europe, you, you need a uh, fog light mm -hmm. um, that is on uh, constantly. So uh, nothing major, uh, just some, some minor tweaks. Those Europeans. Yeah, That's very good. Yeah. So uh, lastly, before we wrap up, what, uh, what are some of the experiences that you've had then working with Van der Hall in these last four years or so? So I've had the opportunity to um, meet with a lot of individuals in the motorsports realm 
that have just been it's just been amazing one to to meet them and see you know the, where they come from uh, we we got a chance to visit with Jay Leno and see all of his collection and mm-hmm. uh, not far from here actually no, just very, over the hill very very close uh, Rod Emery uh, today was uh, hanging out with uh, Magnus Walker and um, he's he's taken a speedster out for a, a run and so really just uh, recognizing that uh, passion in motorsports is out there and there's so many different ways that uh, people are creating uh, it's it's good to keep an open uh, mind about uh, our processes and and then just steal from everyone <laughs> steal from everyone that- we, we look at an idea oh that's a good idea that can be incorporated Ah, so we don't gonna we don't want to ask which ones they are. Sure. Well, you can just see our our influences. I mean, there's certainly a lot of Porsche influences uh, across our our vehicle. But uh, if you look at is our it, grill, is it, uh, is it true that the size of the Porsche, the inside of the cabin, played a factor in regards to it? Uh, to to some degree. I mean, our uh, Steve is six foot six. That's so. That's what I heard. The yeah. story was that he felt comfortable in the 911, or was it three? I can't remember. Was it 911 or a 356? 911. Yeah. And then that was the would the. Essentially, the seating positions built around that. So, to, to some degree, that's a little bit skewed. Um, it, it's it's just it needed to be able to accommodate somebody who was tall. Um, it does the uh, Venice does have the exact same wheelbase as a 911. Okay. Um, but uh, the the seating. I mean, if we were going to uh, really follow Porsche, we'd have a much more upright windshield. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know it, there but there it are, wouldn't look as good there. No, it there. wouldn't. So form follows function unless it's ugly. Yeah. And in this particular case, without the rest of the roof uh, attached to it, we needed to um, we needed to to bring a little more sweep to the the front of the Venice's windshield. So. And then, if anyone's wanting to find more information about the vehicles, where's the best place to go and find that? VanderhallUSA.com is where we'd uh, recommend. Uh, we can also hop on our uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube account. We've got a number of uh, fun videos that uh, we've put together on our YouTube account as well. Uh, but VanderhallUSA.com will uh, send them to the correct dealers should they decide to, you know, go out and take one for a test spin and and make one of them their own. Uh, they should not, not just make one; they make two. Of them two, their own. right? I mean, they've got to have a daily driver, yes. a weekend car. So there it makes you perfect go. sense then. Well, that and that's kind of the idea between behind the speedster is the speedster is uh, the you know what, sweetheart, go get your own. I'm going out by myself, or I'm going to go touring for a while. You know, it's got the 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 luggage in there and or, or the space storage space. So well, maybe it's the wife saying, "Look, husband, you, yeah. you're driving not the best, <laughs> and I just need to go out on my own." And so having the planning, the dog can come, and that's about it. So. Yeah. Well, th- thank you so much for making the time today. I know it's been a very busy morning for you, and it's going to be an even busier afternoon. I understand from what your the travels is going to take you, and tomorrow is going to be a lot of driving. I guess. Yes. You know, we got to get back for uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, get back to the family. So. It'll be a little bit of a, a run, but yeah, uh, I was gonna say, happy how, to do that. How many hours will it take you to get back there? Uh, probably about uh, eight or nine, depending on, but it's Wednesdays there's before be no, Thanksgiving. There's so going to be no traffic at no, all, surely. No, it'd be fine, and, and everyone's very courteous about big trucks and trailers. They don't zip in front of you at all. Never, never. never. They don't realize that you've got this large, big, hulking thing behind they you. They can't stop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, that's true. So with that, Daniel, thank you again so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And now I guess I get to take the keys off you and go for Let's, let's get you out on the speedster. Perfect. Thanks so much, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye.